Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Bird 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. And here we go, here we go! Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50-plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Go! And a good morning, Birds fans. Appreciate you streaming on in here on Birds 365. As you can see, you got Mac and Mac. John McMullen, Jody McDonald. Uh, show number 703. We've started our second 700. I told Jeff Marshall he was on the other day. We're starting the second 700 uh, in the fast lane with you, big guy. He goes, how the hell have you guys done 700 shows? We have. Uh, we're starting our second 700. Uh, it is a Thursday, February show. Now, if it's the Thursday before the Super Bowl, it's a pretty big show. Uh, the Thursday after the Super Bowl, we're in that lull, that downtime during the National Football League season. Um, we're still several weeks away from the start of the new league year, so there really can't be any moves done, except the Eagles made a move yesterday, and I'll ask Johnny about that in just a second. Uh, but before we get there, the new year starts on February 13th. 
That's the first day of legalized <clears throat> tampering. The two March thirteenth. Don't get them excited. Uh, February. We we'd already be. Tampering. We'd already be there. My yeah. bad. Thank you for the correction. March thirteenth. We're uh, four weeks away from legalized tampering. Uh, but before that, there is on uh, March fifth the ability of teams to designate players for franchise tags and/or transition tags. Eagles have a bunch of free agents this year, Johnny Mac. Any of them franchise tag or transition tag worthy in your no, no. In fact, I've argued. You know, I've, I've, I've. Yeah, there's players obviously you want back. Don't get me wrong, and they'll bring players back. But I, other than the veteran guys, for the reasons that have a, a lot to do with leadership and obviously history and what they've done for the franchise. Um. If Jason Kelsey and Pletcher Cox decide to play, um, throw that into it as well. I, I the Eagles could lose every single free agent they have, unrestricted free agent, and you wouldn't blink an eye, or you shouldn't. Uh, a, a bunch of fans will, but you shouldn't uh, because there's no major name that you have to get done. So, no, franchise, don't even think about it. Transition, nobody uses that anyway anymore. But, um, yeah, no. Uh, it's and, and, and give Howie credit for that because generally when players like that are, are up for debate, he gets them done early um, and, and you don't have to worry about stuff like that. So the Eagles tend to be ahead of the curve uh, with the franchise tag. They are, and I agree with you wholeheartedly. There's no one who's going to be a free agent, except for, like you mentioned, the Fletcher Coxes. And, and oh, by the way, yeah, why not start by ticking some people off? Fletcher is not worth the franchise tag, but Brandon Graham is not worth the franchise no, tag either. I know. I hope Jay people realize that. I mean, at, at this stage, yeah. I mean, yeah, they should realize that. They're, they're necessary. Well, you hope, but you never know. Um, that they're hopefully back with the Eagles on fair deals. And I'm not looking for uh massive hometown discounts or whatever. Brandon Graham will be uh, probably a lesser deal than Fletcher Cox if they get both of them done. Uh, but a franchise tag is uh, the average salary of the top five players in the NFL. Fletcher's not that anymore at the defensive tackle position. So you got to acknowledge that. And even Fletcher knows, I don't think that's the kind of money he'll be looking for or asking for, uh, but they have to decide that they want to play. And yesterday was uh, dropping of the latest new Heights podcast as expected. It was all about the Super Bowl victory of the Kansas City Chiefs. Understandably. So that's exactly what it should have been. Uh, some grief had to be taken by Travis Kelsey for bumping into screaming at Andy Reed and, uh, Jason was the one who was uh, letting him know how out of line he was, and he, he took it like a man. Uh, for those of you who thought there was a chance that uh, Jason could come out and say, listen, I, I, I'm just jealous as hell out of you on the Super Bowl field. Blah, blah, blah. We're going to get you next year. Yeah, it didn't happen. I didn't think it was going to happen, despite WIP's uh, appreciation slash Valentine's Day of Jason Kelsey yesterday. No statement on Jason as to whether he's going to play again this year. I think it could happen next week. Johnny Mac, is he going to take this up to? And I think you and I both agreed here on Birds 365. It will not go past the first of the NFL year, which is. <laughs> no. He no. will not make them wait. He will not make them 
worry about trying to find an offensive lineman via free agency to replace him. He'll certainly make his decision before that, right? Yeah, no question. I, I think the combine is a potential likely that's where he made it the one year where him and Howie had the drink, if you remember. Um, and so, you know, he'll, he'll, and it wouldn't surprise me if he already alerted the Eagles to his plans as well. So uh, it won't be, the Eagles won't be flying by the seat of their pants, uh, whatever decision it is. And it chips both, both ways because, you know, he was an all pro again. So he still, you have to pay him uh, uh, if he decides to come back. And, you know, last year I think it was just under $15 million, so it would be similar this season. So it works both ways as far as planning and, and what you can do uh, moving forward. So he'll, he'll make the Eagles aware, and he may have already made the Eagles aware at this point. Do you think he's done that? You think the Eagles know Jason? I, I, the think, rest of us I, are all going. I, I, I think the Eagles have a strong hand uh, of where he's going. Um, and I think, you know, we've talked about that. I think a lot of the players do, but not that he can't change his mind. Um, you know, he's done it in the past. And I think he's earned. I've, I've made the Jeter comparisons. Uh, it's not perfect, but I think for what he's done, for this organization, he can make whatever decision he wants and the Eagles will abide by it and say, all right, you know, we want you back. There could be a sit like Fletcher. Fletcher's a franchise great as well, but I think the Eagles may make the decision on their own. Look, we, we put so much draft capital in that position over the past three years. We got to start moving forward and turning the page. I think the Eagles might decide, you know, we can't really pay eight figures to somebody like Fletcher Cox who deserves it from what, how he performed on the field last year, but you have Jalen Carter, you have Jordan Davis, you have Milton Williams. So it's a little bit different. It's a little bit more complicated. Um, yeah, but I think Jason's in a in a different category because of what he means to the city, what he means to the franchise, and all that kind of stuff. So uh, no new news on Jason Kelsey. Didn't expect it. Was kind of hoping for it. Get it, get it over and done. We get it out there and uh, either celebrate his one more season with the Eagles or start to figure out where the hell the organization goes from here without him. But uh, not going to happen. John suggests the combine, which is two weeks down the road. I actually, I, I, I threw this out there a couple of weeks ago. Next week's New Heights podcast could very well be. And they've been doing the podcast for a while, but it has grown and grown and grown. And it's one of the most popular podcasts in the entire country. Um, wouldn't be surprised if next week, uh, since this week was all about, as it should have been, his brother winning the Super Bowl. Maybe next week is about Jason. We'll see. Well, don't forget, Jody, they have a com combine radio row as well. So Jason and Travis will probably be doing their show from there as well. <clears throat> so that could factor into it in the fact that. So you think they'll hold out till because that, that would be the following week because we're still two weeks away from the combine. Yeah, so they, it they, next week, so the week they, after. Yeah. Um, and. That's just a hunch, you know, no inside information, but just a hunch. I assume they're going to do podcasts from there. They did it in the past, mainly 
more taped. They might do it live this time, but who knows? Uh, but they have been taking it on the road, so to speak. So maybe that'll factor into it as yeah, well. Yeah. If we got to wait two more weeks, got to wait two more weeks. Um, we don't have to wait for an Eagle player move. As I said at the top of the show, this is usually not, not only downtime, borderline dead time. They're just aren't moves to be made players who are under contract and those who are scheduled to be free agents are still under contract up until the start of the new year. They're not free agents. Uh, technically they're still uh, members of their previous teams. Um, you can't make a trade in the national football league right now. The trade deadline uh, came and went a long time ago and trades, actual trades cannot be made. All the talk about Hassan Reddick and being traded. He can't be traded. You can't trade at this time. You can agree to a you trade. Can agree, yeah. You can put a trade in place, but it can't officially be done until the new year starts in the National Football League. So it's pretty damn down time. Yet the Eagles made news yesterday by signing a linebacker formerly of the Detroit Lions, who I kind of liked when he came out in the draft a couple of years ago. A lot of people year. did. A lot of people did. He, yeah. he was uh, a better player as a junior he came back for his senior year at notre dame to try and upgrade his draft status if anything he probably hurt his draft status he got hurt in his senior year but he ended up being a third round pick of the detroit lions julian okwara um johnny mack you can read between the lines here uh, i'll i'll take a stance and tell you i don't think julian okwara is going to come here and be a full-time everyday player for the Eagles. You just don't get those kind of players at this time of the year signed to a futures deal. Um, but I think it's more than just a coincidence that uh, Aquara as a kind of tweener, outside linebacker, edge pass rusher. Does he sound like anybody we know here in this town? Yeah. Well, the you know, the last couple of weeks. And, you know, uh, many people don't pay attention to futures contracts for all the reasons you just kind of stated, uh, Jody. Uh, certainly they're not high profile. Certainly it's not an indication that you're counting on somebody, even a former third round pick. But this is the second former third round edge rusher the Eagles have brought in. Uh, they signed Terrell Lewis to a futures deal who was not with the organization. Um, you might remember him from Alabama, uh, and he was a third-round pick. And, you know, yeah, they're 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 creating, creating contingencies. So Lewis is 25. I think Oguar is 26. They're both very young. They're still, you know, who knows? Maybe Vic Banjo can tap into something. They both have significant skill sets. Um, yeah, why not throw a dart? I think this is where the Eagles kind of set themselves apart and, and in a good way and, and do some good things because other teams don't do this. They sign their practice squad guys to future deals. And maybe, maybe another guy who was on the practice squad before the Eagles go out and look, all right, who's, who's got some upside, who hasn't clicked in certain situations, but got some talent. And they brought in two at this particular position. So, yeah, by no means is it saying we're going to count on Terrell Lewis and Julian Okwara to replace Hassan Reddick. But if they do lose Hassan Reddick, um, you can't, you know, you might get an edge rusher at the top of the draft. You might not. 
it's worth having a couple lottery tickets. I, I don't think it's a bad way to do business. It's not. And the Eagles did sign a lot of their own practice squad guys. But if someone's out there and is available, just because you didn't have him in your camp, wasn't on your practice squad, doesn't mean he's not potentially a better player than a similar player who plays a similar position on your practice squad. At this time of year, you should be judging talent, not familiarity. So I'm with you on that. The Eagles have been smart. They've been aggressive. They've kept an eye on the entire league. Quara uh, was kind of a different situation, and he was released after the season was over and done with. He was on the, the Lions' postseason roster, and they needed to do some roster juggling, and he became a victim of it. So he's not a free agent. It won't even count against the compensatory draft pick signings. Once you sign a free agent, you match that to the ones that you lose. The Eagles are expecting a whole bunch of draft pick because of last year's offseason. It doesn't even count. So it's a, a smart move. Now, can a kid play? There's a reason why he got released while they're making a Super Bowl run. It's a long shot, but you might as well take that long shot. And Eagles have been pretty good at doing just that. All right, he's McMullen on McDonald. The Mac and Mac Birds 365 show here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. We got two good guests for you coming these uh, today. Uh, number one, our buddy Jeff Knox from Inside the Eagles, I-G-G-L-E-S, fan-sided Eagles website here in town. Talk all birds with us. And then a little bit later, Brad Spielberg says he's made a miraculous recovery. I don't mean Brad was a little under the weather. He said, Jody, you wouldn't even be able to hear me. My voice is so bad I'm in a text. He was supposed to join us yesterday. I uh, uh, texted with him late yesterday afternoon. He said he thinks he's a go. He thinks his voice has bounced back enough. So uh, Brad Spielberger from uh, Pro Football Focus and OverTheCap.com will be with us in hour number two. But Eagle conversation coming next. Jeff Knox from InsideEagles.com jumps aboard here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Ha, 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 ha. 
Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech, we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you're having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Mac and Mac here with you on Birds 365. We appreciate our buddy Jeff Knox. Well, I thought it was going camo there. It's got a different kind of sweat. I like your sartorial splendor here today, Mr. Knox. What the hell is that you're wearing? I appreciate it. This is actually $6.99 at Walmart. So this isn't anything nice. I thought into. This hey, man. I was you just can get some deals. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that crazy website that changes, uh, charges really low prices for everything. I wish I they had a couple Super Bowl com- commercials. Tamu, have you guys Timu, heard about yeah. that? I've seen Timu. I've been on there trying to find me a PlayStation Five because I can't seem to find one in the stores. So yeah, I, I don't know if I trust him, but then I, <laughs> I I always look at the price and I go, this can't be. This has got to be a scam. And then they're getting Super Bowl ads, and I'm I'm starting to rethink my position. But right. I'm giving them a free plug. Uh, I I I digress. It's good to see you, uh, Jeff. Um, I guess we'll start because we haven't talked to you. Your thoughts on on the coaching staff and the moves and and bringing in new coordinators and sort of uh, making Nick Sirianni. He was already a CEO coach, but even more uh, uh, of a step back and just overseer, I guess I would describe him as. Your thoughts on how Jeffrey uh, Laurie handled that? Uh, well, first, let me say um, happy belated Valentine's Day, you guys. Hope you enjoyed it. And congratulations on exceeding 700 episodes. So uh, I've seen most of them, but you guys get up earlier than I do. So I normally tune in about nine o'clock. <laughs> but uh, to answer your question, um, I'm, I'm happy. I'm feeling better about this time of the year than I was last time at the same time. Um, I didn't think uh, I didn't put a whole lot of stock into or a lot of confidence into believing that the team was going to somehow get better as from a coaching standpoint. Um, moving on from Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon and then replacing them with two coordinators that had never called plays at the professional level. So I was a little worried about that. Um, I've always been an experienced guy. I understand in the NFL now what we do is we tend to go with uh, the hot new guy, the offensive genius, the defensive standout, things of that nature. But um, I'm old school. Like, bring me back a a Jim Caldwell. Bring me back a (laughs) Ron Rivera any day. So the Vic Fangio thing I was very excited about – wasn't exactly sure if he's the same fan Joe remember for a few days from a few years ago. Yeah. Was, uh, I was always of the opinion if we had gotten Vic Fangio maybe three years ago, that probably would have been the Vic Fangio we wanted. Um, so recently I've been watching a lot of Miami Dolphins uh, football uh, postseason and as was in charges as well. Charges are a little bit more difficult watch, but um, Kellen Moore getting the offensive court, well, actually the quarterback's coach job right out of the gate after being a player for the Dallas Cowboys and then eventually elevating to the offensive coordinator role uh, was satisfied there. Um, maybe not with what he did with the Chargers last year, but um, extremely excited based off of what he did with Dak Prescott, uh, actually elevating Dak Prescott to the Dak Prescott that we actually have respect for now. So hopefully he um, can 
Same some, of- not everybody. Some, some, some people, yeah. some people. But uh, an, MVP, an MVP candidate nonetheless. That's when we oh, start yeah. talking about that. So um, 400 yards of offense first year as a coordinator. Um, over the 10 year, I guess at four years that he was there, they were always in the top uh, categories as far as things that we look at as important when it comes to like statistical rankings. But um, very satisfied with the Killing Moore hire. Also very satisfied with the Vic Fangio hire. And I guess I trust both of those guys enough that when they have like uh, relationships with guys they already know, uh, I guess Doug Nuss, Doug Nussmeyer and Nussmeyer, being yeah. two of those guys, um, I trust them um, more than I trust my own ability to do it if I was in that same situation. Fair enough. Um, all right, I'm asking this question with my tongue somewhat firmly implanted in cheek because mm-hmm. got a lot of this uh, and it just makes me a little crazy. Did the Eagles make a mistake by hiring Kellen Moore? Because if he comes in and does a good job, oh, he's going to be somebody else's head coach next year. So they're back in the same exact position they were, looking for an offensive coordinator. Is that a fear for Jeff Knox that Kellen Moore is going to come in and be so good, he's going to be someone else's head coach next year? Not necessarily. I think the best uh... – I think the best head coaching hires have actually gone back to their teams as coordinators. I one of which being with the Detroit Lions. Um, I actually think that we're probably in a better situation as far as what we were last year because Brian Johnson was popping up on so many radars and um, we were actually having conversations as, as to whether or not we lose him. I think I'm a little bit more um, uh, confident about keeping Kellen Moore. Um, he's, He's, he's a great offensive mind, but I think there are some guys who are already in the pipeline who I expected to be in the hiring cycle this time around, um, and they actually stayed in their current position. So we'll see. But um, I also subscribe to the theory that get the best coaches available. He's probably the best offensive mind we could have had. Correct. So the best thing to do in that situation is we'll worry about those things later, but championship windows close very quickly. And I'd rather have the guy that could actually be head coach material as opposed to the guy that we're stuck with because we know he isn't going anywhere. Right. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm with Jody there. You can't worry about that. I mean, that's just the nature of the modern NFL. I mean, the Eagles were runner ups and they lost their coordinators. So, you, you, you know, and, and San Francisco, well, Kyle Shanahan scapegoated Steve Wilkes, but they also lost Anthony Lynn. They lost Clint Kubiak. They lost, Daryl Tapp and X Eagle, they lost somebody else. They've already lost five coaches, one by by their own. So that just kind of happens with success, right. whether you're good or not. So then you got to make difficult decisions and you're back, but that's just sort of the modern NFL. Uh, Hassan Reddick, Jeff, uh, interesting situation, wanted to make it clear, hey, I didn't ask for a trade, but the Eagles uh, gave him permission um, to – seek out a trade, basically doing what they did with Darius Slade last year, which is like, look, if you think we're being unfair, talking about numbers and extensions, go talk to other teams, see what they're willing. And if you get what you want, we'll try to work something out. You like that strategy from the Eagles or dislike it? Um, I like it. Um, and seems like Hassan Reddick seems to be in favor of the way they've treated him as well. Um, I'm sure if he was, he's, he's vocal enough and expressive enough that if he had some issues with the way they were handling him, he probably would have said that. But, um, I think this is also feeds into the reasons why he wants to remain with his team and stay with the organization. Uh, I'm in favor of it. Um, same thing they did with Fletcher Cox and Darius Slay, uh, Fletcher Cox on previous season and Darius Slay last year. So, um, I, I would be in favor of it. Um, 
my my guesstimation, and John, you probably know more about this than me, is Hassan has already made it clear that he wants a contract. We knew when we signed him for three years and uh, 15 million per season that he had he did, we had already gotten him at a discount. So now he's outplayed that contract. And um, you have a guy who's going to turn 30 before the season um, with the Eagles needing to make other decisions, Landon Dickinson down the road. What are we going to do with that about Dallas Goddard? We can put the uh, fifth year option on Devontae Smith, but eventually we got to pay him and you're getting some younger guys who are at the end of their deals. And I don't know, maybe we want to keep Josh Sweat around longer because he's younger. So um, I get it. Um, I'm sure that as we, we've been throwing that 25 million per season number around, I'm sure the Eagles probably don't want to pay him that, but this allows Hassan to get out in the market and everything. If he has been turning deals that the Eagles have offered him down, that allows him to get out in the market, um, talk to some people and realize, you know, the Eagles are doing right by me. You know, they're, they're actually telling me something that, you know, that isn't unfair. And it's for those reasons that I think that um, I'm, I'm thinking Maybe he finds something in the uh, in in while he's out here exploring his options and things of that nature. But there is also a situation where he could return, which is what I'm hoping for. Um, maybe a couple of years, a couple more years where he's productive. But I like the move by Philadelphia. It seems like it was a fair move, and it seems like he understands the the situation that this is a business, and there are reasons for doing what they did. When Howie and uh, Nick had their uh, wrap up the season. Nick's staying, but other guys are going press conference. Uh, our buddy Tim McManus asked the question, all right, so then what are you going to be doing? And uh, may show up at a defensive meeting. Uh, he is as CEO, a CEO coach can be. There's one of the things he may have to deal with. If Reddit goes out and finds a team that's willing to get upwards of that $25 million mark, but the Eagles are only offered a fourth round draft pick in return. Howie being the valuation guy that he is, is not going to get a, he's not going to do it just to get Reddick moved along. He's going to hold tight as to what he thinks he deserves in uh, return in a trade. If you got Hassan Reddick back on the team under contract, knowing he's blatantly underpaid and the Eagles acknowledging that because he went out and got a deal that would pay him more, but they won't trade him because they're not getting enough back. The guy who's gonna have to who's gonna have to handle that and and try and smooth things out is Nick Sirianni. That that is like the the biggest job a CEO coach can have is keeping players who might not be hundred percent happy at least happy enough that they're uh, productive when Sundays roll around. You think Sirianni's fit for that role? Um, I think he is. Um, I was among the people who were kind of worried about whether or not Nick Sirianni had lost the team and um, listening to some comments from the way the, the veterans have defended him, the way AJ Brown has defended him, the way he seems to fall on the sword for the organization and his team. He's won the respect of them. Um, I'm, I'm among that crowd too, where I hope it, it doesn't necessarily get to that point because uh, we've, we know how Sean Reddick's the ultimate professional, the consummate professional. He's going to go out and he's going to do the right thing when it comes to game days. But um, this is also the guy that decided he wanted to give the defensive coordinator the silent treatment. <laughs> so I don't know if we want to ruffle those feathers too much. Um, Hassan, I'm, um, I've had the pleasure of talking with during the season last year, a great guy, very mature guy. And so I have a slanted view of him anyway, but um, he, he's one of those guys I want to stay around because I don't see how this team um, is in a position to where we can move on from our best players uh, while we still have that championship window open. So I'd like to see him back, but to answer your question, 
Um, if there's one thing that we know about Nick Sirianni, that is, the personality of him is probably one of his most endearing features. And um, his, the love his team has for him is also one of the things that are probably one of his best assets. So he's absolutely the person that could probably smooth that over, but hopefully doesn't get to that situation. Yeah, you mentioned, and, and I'll throw this at both of you guys, because I'm interested to hear your thoughts, because, you know, we all try to figure out what went wrong, and everybody's got their own thought process, offense, defense, this, play calling, that. But when you, you mentioned some of the players dependent Nick Sirianni, Jeff, and they all have, basically, to a man. And he heard a bunch of guys that, that were out at the Super Bowl, Fletch among them, Britton Covey was among them, Jordan Mailata, um, on and on and on. Obviously, Jason Kelsey you know, on his own podcast uh, was doing the rounds. And nobody seems to be able to put their finger on what went wrong. Does that bother you guys at all? Because if you can't figure out what went wrong, how are you going to fix it? I, I don't know. I, I'm trying... And I, I brought up Andy Reid, yet because he he texted Antonio Pierce after the Raiders gave the Chiefs a little bit of a, a, a beatdown late in the season. And he texted Antonio to thank him for giving us sort of a, a, a course correction, beat us up. And he mentioned the word complacency. Is it as simple as they were complacent and they, they had such a great run? And they said, ah, we'll be fine. Because... I, nobody can figure out what went wrong. Um, well, we can't. Um, my hope is that they know that in the organization. And I think that was the main thing that we were most frustrated and most concerned about because it looked like the organization had no idea what they were doing. <laughs> um, they didn't seem to have any answers. We thought that the the stripping the side of play calling duties and handing those over to Matt Patricia was a sign of desperation. And uh, we found out later that, you know, there was some issues with the side and there was issues with his his ability to connect with teammates. Um, now we knew that getting the play calling duties over to Matt Patricia wasn't going to cure that or make this a better defense. But as long as they have the, the, the answers in the organization, which is what we were concerned about, do they know what they have in Nick Sirianni? Uh, we've asked questions. Do they know what they have in Jalen Hurts? As long as they got it under control un, and under wraps in the organization, I'm fine. Sometimes we'll get those stories eventually. Maybe it's a month down the road. Maybe it's years down the road. Sometimes we don't. But uh, what I don't want to become is having our Eagles organization, which we fell in love with for keeping things so close to the best. Um, I like when we find about signings and their surprises. I like when they keep things close to the best. What I don't want to become is the Dallas Cowboys a few years ago where everything was public <laughs> and everything was for public consumption uh, because – it seems like now they've buttoned things up a little bit more, and then we get we're the guys with the leaks and the uh, the, the 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 anonymous sources and things of that nature. So um, I, I'm being long winded, but to answer your question, if they got it figured out in the organization, I'm fine. And sometimes, unless we know better, but you know, John, you are not here for the story. So <laughs> if there are leaks and they get some information to us, we'll enjoy that well, so we can uh, have those conversations as well. Here's, here's one of my take, because 92 things went wrong, and we can point to all of them, <laughs> break them down one by one. But if you're looking for the top ones, yeah, it's on the defensive side. Um, and this is kind of on Nick. If he saw, and uh, Jeff just alluded to the fact that Hassan Reddick wasn't talking to Sean Desai, and that uh, there were others that didn't think Desai's message was getting across, and Sirianni must have realized that. 
that's your job as a head coach. Mm-hmm. You got to coach up your coach and you got to coach up your players. If your players aren't working well with the coordinator, then get your players in your office and go, listen, I told you he's in charge. And what, what he says goes, I'm telling you what he says. You need to hear it from me. I'm the head coach. All right. I'm telling you what he says goes. He let that rift become a thing on the team. Now, he also told you that by pushing Desai up into the press box, he thought it was more on Desai than the players. Okay, that's the direction he chose to go radical and strip him of all his power. That didn't really work. So, yeah, that's kind of a nick for me. If there was dissension amongst the ranks on the defensive side of the ball, just because you've got a coordinator in place, there's a guy above him on the flow chart, that's the head coach. And I don't think Sirianni handled it well. So if you're looking for somebody to point the accusing finger at on the defensive side, yeah, I'm putting it on the head coach. Fair statement. Fair statement. I will go yeah. with it. Yeah. And, and look, I said from the start that that was a disastrous decision. I mean, I, I mean and, you know, Sean Desai, for all the hits he took, um, looked only better after they made the decision yeah, because true. somehow they got worse against lesser competition, mm-hmm. um, if that's humanly possible. So, and and Matt Patricia, that's a difficult situation for Matt Patricia as well to come in in that standpoint. One thing I know, I'm not in love with this scheme. I think I talk about it all the time. I think people have caught up to it in the league. But if you're going to run the scheme and the Eagles are hell-bent on running the scheme, this is the guy, Vic Fangio, that you want running the scheme. So they should be better prepared. They should be taught. They should understand their roles better. Um, And there should be incremental improvement from that standpoint yet. But bottom line is, and you can look at any single coach in the history of football, most recently Bill Belichick, Andy Reid, his last year in Philadelphia. Um, everybody has bad seasons. Bick as a defensive coach has had bad seasons. He's had bad defenses. It's about personnel first. The Eagles got to fix a lot of personnel issues on the defensive side. Right. Where do you start? What's the biggest thing they need to add defensively? Uh, let's get a young edge rusher. I don't think Julian Aquara is that guy, but a young edge rusher. And for the time being, I think the priority number one is making sure Hassan Reddick is happy. Like this team is not a team that's in a position to where we with, um, I mentioned championship windows earlier. There was a time when I actually thought the Legion of Boom was going to get two or three. And that didn't seem to work. Should have had two. Should have had two. (laughs) They were a yard away from two. So I thought they were going to – these championship windows close very quickly in the NFL, and now you got the Green Bay Packers who have all of a sudden come out of nowhere, and they seem to have added to the the muddle that, you know, is now the NFC. But um, this team now – and I I heard you guys talking about power rankings later on and this team being the middle of the pack team now. Like, are we ready to challenge Detroit right now, this current situation? Are we we better than the San Francisco 49ers? Probably not. Um, The Dallas Cowboys or the Dallas Cowboys, they'll be around. But um, goal number one – getting your best players, um, getting them situated and getting them happy. And I believe that includes Hassan Reddick. Like, I'd rather have him on his team because I just don't see a situation where our pro bowler walks away and his defense becomes better when we were already having issues getting to the quarterback. Now, he did, he may not have a lot of time left, but um, maybe um, we got to, we got to have him ready. We got to have some, uh, some guys in the pipeline ready, one of which probably being Nolan Smith, get him in the gym because he's a little light in the tail feathers. But um, curing this pass rush, 
Um, finally paying some attention to the, the safety position, finally paying attention to the linebacker position. Because with uh, Bobby King here, I'm not moving away from the theory that maybe Zach Cunningham's back after we've heard Howie Roseman give him a glowing review. But um, one of the ways to do that, maybe this helps, is uh, kind of moving on from Kevin Byard. That would save you, what was that, $13 million, I believe? Yeah, some 14 somewhere in that. 14, right I think he's due 14 million next year. Yeah. I think by moving on from him, he counts at 711,000 against the in dead cap space. So, yeah, that frees yeah. up a lot of money there. Um, so Vic um, might want him, but he will not be back on that contract. No right chance. chance. Uh, no. They'll have to rework a deal and maybe wants him because he's a veteran guy, he's savvy, and all that kind of stuff. And they need help, but. He ain't coming back under that contract. We know that. Yeah. So let, let me ask you a similar question to Kevin Byard. I think we all agree. Could be here, going to be redone. How about James Bradbury? He took as big a drop from where he played the year before to what he played at this year, maybe as any player in the National Football League. That's hard to wrap your head around, but... We'll have Brad Spielberger on afterwards, Mr. Pro Football Focus. I'm guaranteeing he's going to tell us his drop-off was monumental. He sure as hell isn't worth the contract that he's going to be playing under next year, much like Hassan Reddick is worth more than the contract that he's scheduled to play under. What do you do with Bradbury? Do you just grin and bear it and say, we're only one year in? If we tell this guy we might cut him, does he say, yeah, go ahead, take that dead cap hit that you're going to take if you cut me one year into this deal? Would he be open to um, potentially redoing his deal so as to give the Eagles a little relief off the overpayment that they made this year? How he's not afraid to play hardball when it comes to negotiation, ask Hassan Reddick. Um, will they do that with James Bradbury, or do they just believe he can't be as bad as he was this past year? Well, I'm across the fingers because I've seen from James Bradbury moments where one bad season is typically followed by a better one. <laughs> so that's true. Oh, okay. That's, that's true. true. I like your optimistic I attitude, Mr. <laughs> Glass half full. Good on you. Right. I doubt it. I doubt it. But uh, let's hope that happens. But James Bradbury, we mentioned uh, Hassan Reddy being a consummate professional. I think that was uh, one of the things I saw in James Bradbury's personality, too. Don't know him. Never had a conversation with him, but um, one of the things I've always admired him, whether that be in Carolina or with the New York Giants, was just um, the manner in which he killed him, carries himself. He carried himself as a professional. And um, it was the Eagles that threw him a bone when nobody else seemed to be interested. And we yeah. gave that, which allowed him the opportunity to uh, put himself in a position to earn this money that we thought would probably be elsewhere. But um, as it turns out, decided to stay uh, with his new home, the Philadelphia Eagles. I hope that plays into his thinking when um, it's time to make these types of decisions, because, um, you know, this is a this is a give and take business. And one thing about James Bradbury and the, the rest of this team is this is a locker room full of characters who have a lot of character. So um, I'm hoping that that also kicks in with his thinking as well, because um, this is a team that really gave him a shot when a lot of people sat there and said this is the guy that can't do it anymore. And, um, yeah, and, and, and you know what? Big's going to be a big part of that as well. It, on 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 what he feels about these players, but I'll say this: I, I a lot of people have kind of turned the page on Bradbury. Well, you got to move on from one of the the two veteran quarterbacks. You can't move on from Slay because of his contract, so you move on from Bradbury, and you take if you designate it post June first. I think it's 
four and a half million dead cap, no salary cap relief, but you're not losing salary cap as well. So you can do it. But one thing I'll say, people kind of forget, go back to training camp. They're playing them in the slot. We're all like, what are you doing? What are you, what are you, what are you, what are you talking about Sean Desai? Um, and then Slay gets hurt with the knee injury. They're moving him to the left side. They're moving him all over the place. Yeah. The Eagles didn't help him. Um, maybe Vic just sits him back. One of the best zone corners in football. One of the savviest zone corners in football. Playing quarters all the time. Cover six in, in that defense. Maybe he does have a bounce back season. And yeah. you can afford to wait another year with Kaylee Ringo and Eli Ricks, and maybe they develop. So I think people are turning the page a little bit too quickly on James Bradbury. So I'm glad you said that, Jeff. Um, and we'll see. I think it all has to do with Vic thinks of him as a player. But you mentioned power rankings. I meant to bring this up. Mm. So let's get the Eagles fans fired up. The 33rd team, first one I saw, probably other people have done it, but 33 teams. I, I rolled the athletic out there for you yesterday, John, here on the show. Well, no, I'm not talking about team power rankings. 33 oh, okay. team did quarterback power rankings. And the 2024 offseason quarterback power rankings. Where do you think they put Jalen Hurts? I ask you both. I got a feeling the way these things always seem to work out. I think you're going to probably tell him he's 15th. <laughs> 15, um, Jody, got a guess? This is how I always seem to work out. I'll, I'll go slightly better. I'm going well, not more than more than slightly. Um, 10th. 10th. So, so we got a 10. We got a 15. Drum roll, please. 17th. Wow. 17th. <laughs> That's how badly things went down the stretch for Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, I'm with you guys. I think that's unfair. I don't think there's 16 better quarterbacks than Jalen Hurts in the NFL. But, boy, this league moves quickly. Um, and if Jalen doesn't start getting going back in the right direction, and you mentioned Jeff Doug Nussmeyer before, he's going to be the quarterback coach. He might be the most important positional hire on this team because he's the guy who's going to be working with Jalen Hurts day to day. Um any concern, I think everyone's like, well, Jalen will get better. Any concern it's going to keep going in the wrong direction? No, and I'm actually looking at the list, John. So we got uh, Joe Burrow, Jordan Love, uh, Kyler Mary, Geno Smith, uh, Kirk Cousins. All these guys are ahead of Jalen Hurts. <laughs> so, Geno, they got Geno Smith. Geno Smith, Jared Goff. Yeah. Uh, Trent, uh, 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 not Trent <laughs> Richardson. I'm, I'm having a Anthony mind. Anthony Richardson. He's, Anthony he's Richardson. They yeah. have Brock Purdy at 18th, Jalen at 17th, uh, two is 19th. Yeah, it's it's a crazy list, but I just threw it out there, uh, because I was shocked at how low Jalen Hurts was. It gets, um, us, it gets us talking. So just based off the list alone, and I love the 33rd team. Let me say that. Let me say this. I love the 33rd team, but uh, – Hold on. I, I, Jeff, I I got, hold on. Jeff, I got to interrupt you. Domowicz's name isn't attached to that, is it? No. Uh, no. 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 Because <laughs> no. if he, he's a dead man walking tomorrow. If that's <laughs> he's on our show tomorrow. No. And if he's not, involved in that, 
It's not his fault. It's not. It's not his fault. All right. Sorry to interrupt you. I no, you're fine. you're fine. And uh, I love C.J. Stroud, but C.J. Stroud is not a better quarterback right now than Jalen Hurts right now. Man, so, I might uh, disagree with that one. I love yep. C.J. Stroud, but love, Trevor Lawrence is a look. I love Trevor Lawrence coming out, tremendous talent, but he hasn't lived up to his hype to this point. He doesn't. He's too high. I think Joe Burrow's too low. I have no problem with Jordan Love. I think he's going to be a star. Maybe they went, uh, they started a little bit quickly on him. Yeah. Um, some of the other guys, like Richardson played what, four games? I mean, yeah, that's, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, Richardson's got amazing talent. Um, but to be ahead of Jalen Hurts after four games, I, I, yeah, I, I, come on. But anyway, I just wanted to throw it out there. And I look, I look at you guys like my big brother. So sometimes I have a tendency to ramble. And Jody, you know this, so <laughs> always reel me back in. But to answer your question, John, no, I have no concerns about Jalen Hurts. Uh, it was commenting on the list, but I have no concerns about Jalen Hurts. So the one thing we know about him is his work ethic, and that was one of the reasons why I think the first time I came on in and talked to you guys, I was like, that's why I wasn't worried about him when we were asking about the uh, 52% completion percentage and things of that nature. Like, I like my quarterbacks to be grown-ups. I like my quarterbacks to be team guys. Maybe he needs to be more vocal. Maybe that's what the Eagles want to see from him. But if we know anything else, Jalen's going to be the first guy to the building and the last guy to leave. And um, maybe it was as simple as replacing him with a um, – w- replacing Brian Johnson with Dave, Doug Nesmeyer. He's he's a coach's son. He needs to be coach hard. And there's a possibility that, you know, just having a, a friend of the family – um, in a in a uh, position of uh, I guess leadership in his organization, I guess that probably wasn't the best thing for him. And um, we can get into play calling and things of that nature, lack of motion, all those other things and stuff. But the the addition of that with Kellen Moore um, taking his team that was a team that was thirty second in pre snap motion out of thirty two teams and giving him some some just some ability to just be able to look at a defense and see a guy travel with the receiver in motion and know this team is in man now as opposed to zone. Just little things like that will help out. But, I, again, being long-winded, but I have no issues with Jalen Hurts. And um, this is a guy after the Buffalo game, we were still talking about him as an MVP candidate. That guy's yeah. still there somewhere. Yeah, he was the leader on, on in the – yeah, it's amazing <laughs> how quickly. Sites, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I've, I'm on record with this, Jeff, and I'm kind of a lone wolf here. Uh, you know, I'm with you on the, it was just, it turned out to be a bad idea. Not, I, I didn't sniff it out ahead of time and go, Hey, wait a minute. You know, Brian Johnson and he in a new relationship might not work. Uh, if I did, I'd be taking uh, victory laps. I didn't. I, 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 that was positive. Honestly. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> most people did, uh, that it was a, a good hire and, and it was, uh, the relationship was only going to get better. I'm with you. I think it went backwards and it didn't fit. That's why they've moved on from it. But I've said this basically since the end of the season. I think they gave Jalen Hurts too much power this year. I think they put too much on his plate. I think he was making the decision on run pass, on not only the RPOs, but on an almost every down basis. And he wasn't all that good at it. That he wasn't great at seeing the perplexity of the defense and taking a guess and what are they trying to hide and what are they going to drop into and the like and I just think he misguessed, and they had some bad play calls that were Jalen's at the line of scrimmage. If I'm right, which I don't know that I am, and I'll readily admit I'm out there kind of by myself on this one. If they change this year with Kellen Moore, will it get better? Do you think Kellen Moore will give him the same kind of latitude to make all those calls as they come up to the line of scrimmage, 
Or do you think it'll be more regimented and Jalen will be told, listen, run what's called? You know, you actually talked me into your argument. I'm sitting here listening to you, and I'm like, uh, they probably did put too much on his plate. I agree with you on that in that stance. Um, I I think it will improve, but this is the NFL, and I know a lot of times we get into recency bias, which is why we went from Jalen Hurts being the MVP candidate <laughs> uh, almost more than half yeah. Two is not better than Anthony Richardson. Yeah. And yeah. So record um, time. Right. Ineffective happens in the NFL. Um, you you have Tom Brady is the best to ever do it, as far as I'm concerned. You, I saw Peyton Manning have long stretches during games of ineffectivity. Like that's just what happens in the league. Like there are times where the defense wins. There are times where it's just like it takes the offense just a long time to get traction. And it also happens when you're calling screen passes on um, on plays where the defense isn't blitzing. Because <laughs> basic football, I was always taught you throw the screen pass to – I don't know why I'm throwing up fireworks. <laughs> wow. Look at that. That's well done. Screen pass on non-third downs. Light yeah. the fireworks. Yeah. Everybody agrees. I don't know where that came from. I apologize. but I, I'm impressed. I don't I, – yeah, you should – if you figure it out, you should do it more often. <laughs> but uh, we got to get some of that working behind yeah. us. Hey, well, Ocean yeah. does fireworks. Yeah, it never yeah. happens with McMullen and McDonald. What the hell? I got to yeah. figure that out now. That's gonna be yeah. I got to yeah. figure that out. It looks like a birthday text is what it looked like to me. I don't know how to yeah. do that either. On my birthday, which was a couple of weeks ago, I got a bunch of texts with fireworks go off in the background. I got to learn that too. Right, right. So you got like a lot of coaches who have uh, coached football for a lot longer than Jalen Hurts has been playing it. And these guys are the guys on the other sideline when he takes the field. He's 25 years old. We sometimes forget that, too, because he is so yeah. mature, because he is uh, well Still advanced. a very young quarterback. Yep. He has uh, a lot to learn. He has a lot to learn about being a leader. He has a lot to learn about um, this, the way the NFL game is played. He has a lot to learn about just playing the quarterback position in general. He's 25. He'll figure it out. But uh, he's a lot further advanced at 25 years old than I was, and I was at 25 years old. <laughs> so I believe in Jalen Hurts to that degree. Um, I think this works out. I think this is just – he just got so good during that MVP season in 2023 that we just expected that was going to always be the ceiling and Jalen Hurts was no longer going to have any adversity. But adversity has come. Um, we've seen him deal with adversity before. And this has been said over and over again. I know this is probably a tired narrative now, but we saw adversity at uh, Alabama. We saw him leave. We saw everything that happened with Tua Tunga Valoa. We saw the doubt. We saw him um, outlive the doubt. And now this is just another stage in the growth process. The thing is, it's just we've all had to grow up. We've all had to learn about our positions. Like, John, you're a much more advanced writer than I am, and I've always been a fan, so it's always been an honor to call you as a friend. But I'm still learning how to write, and I'm, I'm an old man now. <laughs> so there are things I'm learning about my position, and I'm sure that becomes doubly impossible when it's uh, when you're talking about something as as uh, as uh, scheme focused as the NFL. Um, but Jalen Hurts is good. Jalen Hurts was figured out, and Jalen Hurts will grow up and grow up in his offense. We're just having the benefit of watching him grow up on television. Uh, inside the Eagles.com, I G G L E S. That's where you can read. Uh, Jeff does a tremendous job there. Follow him on X. You, you can do the site, uh, Twitter, which is at Inside Eagles. Uh, Jeff, uh, if you want to follow him personally, at GQ underscore four underscore EBA, EBA. So follow him there. Um, I guess I'll end it with DeAndre Swift uh, for this and, and give our next guest, Brad Spielberg, a little. He does a tremendous job projecting contracts. So I'm going to look at 
his projection for DeAndre Swift. And he's got DeAndre at three years, $6.25 million per year, $12 million guaranteed. Any shot he's back with the Philadelphia Eagles, if that's the contract he gets. And I see you laughing. So I, I think Not I that right. never know. <laughs> we wouldn't get at the TJ Edwards. I doubt we're going to get at to a running back. So. <laughs> you know, it's funny. We were talking about the betting sites with Jalen Hurts. I got, I got a betting site that says the Eagles are the favorite to get Saquon Barkley and one of the favorites to get down. Are you kidding me? I've never, I've never seen the Saquon Barkley argument. It's like, that's like with me. I, I've never seen the argument that we're taking the defensive back in the first round. Like until I see it happen. When was the last time? Lito Shepard, 2002. Until I see a, a, a defensive back taken in the in the well, they round, will take a cornerback if it if it fits. They would have taken J.C. Horn. That's uh, true. They would have taken Patrick Sauce. Sertan. Sauce of Sauce would have um, yeah. yeah. So it's always there. There are certain positions like you can feel very comfortable. They're not going to take a running back in the first round. You can feel very comfortable. They're not going to take an all-ball linebacker. Even there's exceptions. Christian McCaffrey, I talk about mm-hmm. all the time. They would have taken him in yeah. 2017, and they would have been right, but uh, didn't work out. Um, it's, it's possible and it's doable. I'm just in a position where it's like I doubt it's going to happen, and I'm I'm more doubtful that we'll give that type of money to a running back. <laughs> all right, since uh, J Mac went to uh, running back with Swift, and I like I like your chuckling halfway through all, the question. We all looked above. Yeah. Uh, for sorry, Brad, that's not happening. He's not getting that from the Eagles. I don't think he's getting that from anybody. But uh, with your exact no, if that's his his pay scale for next year, he's not going to be in Eagle Green. Who will be the leading Eagle ball carrier next year? Will it be a to-be-drafted player, or will it be Kenny Gainwell? Mm. Or will they bring in a free agent for DeAndre Swift-like money? Make a trade. When I say bring in a free agent, they could trade one for a fifth, sixth-round draft pick, whatever. Pick up somebody else, like they did with Swift. Is he is the Eagles' leading rusher next year? On another team in the NFL right now, coming in either via trade, free agency, is it Kenny Gainwell's role being pumped up, or is their lead running going to be runner going to be taken in this year's draft? A, B, or C? Um, I guess I'll take A. M. He's he's not here. We'll say that. <laughs> um, it can't be. It's going to be Kenny Gainwell. It can't be Kenny Gainwell, and I like Kenny Gainwell more than most. Um, I think he gets a bad rap sometimes, and um, I, I just think he's better at his job than people give him credit for. He's not excellent. He's not even DeAndre Swift, but he's definitely not as bad as some people say he is. But um, he, that, that, that to answer your question, Jody, that guy's not on the team yet. Um, Legarrette Blunt coming in in 2017. Uh, I think Josh Adams, Corey Clement, were both undrafted. Is just is just a position where you can make the most impact the most quickly because you have a little bit more license to freelance from time to time. But, and it's uh it's also the most punished position in the NFL and they have the shorter shelf life. So um, I understand the reason, even though some people disagree with this, I understand the reason why the stock has gone down in that position so much, uh, but the guy's not here yet. Um, Cause we know it's not Boston Scott and we don't even know if yeah. the is going to be here. The old TBD. I agree with that. It's yeah. TBD. I think they'd love to get an Isaiah Pacheco type late in the draft who could take over. But that's, I'd love that. Yeah. I actually thought that guy was Kenny Gainwell <laughs> in the fifth round. Yeah, yeah. yeah unfortunately, guys, there are 
30 other teams. Who I know. And Isaiah Pacheco, like player in the seventh round. Yeah. It's easier we'll said than done. Picture. Everyone yeah. else looking for the same exact thing. But they are done. not signing Saquon Barkley. They are no. not signing Josh Jacobs. <laughs> no. I, I think people need to come on, be realistic. Um, yeah. 6.25. And I think DeAndre might get that very similar to what Miles Sanders got last year. Um, but he ain't getting it here. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, um, I, I don't think he's even getting that. And you're, we all agree he's not getting that here. What we got was some good insight from our buddy Jeff Knox. Always a pleasure, my friend. Yeah, I'll be getting over getting you on the, over on WIP with me coming up soon enough. Thank you for jumping in with us today, bud. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, enjoy the rest of your day. It's always fun. Appreciate you having me. Our Thanks, pleasure. Jeff. Jeff Knock inside the Eagles fan side inside inside the Eagles IGGLES.com. All right, McDonald McMullen coming back. Maybe we'll continue the running back conversation. I just uh John John went there first. I followed up. Um I know they're not getting Saquon Barkley. I know they're not paying with DeAndre Swift if Brad Spielberger is right. And we'll get Spielberger up in less than 20 minutes from now and say, You think he's really gonna get that much? Um who the hell is going to run the ball for the Eagles? And here's the, the, the old TBD of it, as John just stated. What I think means... When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's nothing. What John thinks means nothing. What Jeff Knox thinks means nothing. What Nick Sirianni thinks doesn't mean a whole hell of a lot. It's going to come down to Howie Roseman and Kellen Moore. That's who's going to decide who's going to carry the football for the Eagles next year. So that's why we have no I'm gonna, idea. I'm, uh, I'm going to throw a name at you, free agency-wise, that I, that I wouldn't mind. You want me to do it before or after the Yeah, break? let's get it, let's get a quick break in here, and then we'll come back and do that, talk a little bit more about the Eagles and their running game, McMullen and McDonald here on Birds 365. Birds fans, here's your chance to save up to 40, up to 40% on your car insurance. You can do it right now from one of Jacob Sports' great partners, Here's what you need to do. Call managing partner, either Jim or Fran, and tell them you're a friend of Jacob Sports and also Birds 365. Hi, I'm Jim Muehlbronner, managing partner at DelVal Insurance Group. Give us a call. We're a local, knowledgeable agency, not an 800 number. Go Birds!
Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. Appreciate you streaming in on a Thursday edition of Birds 365 with Mac and Mac, McMullen and McDonald. All right, John did a perfect tease leading into this segment. Uh, A running back who could be available for the Eagles to make a move on this offseason, not named DeAndre Swift, who is a free agent. They have to resign him if they want to bring him back. Um, We know the draft is a month away, but uh, that's where the Eagles like to get their running backs because they're inexpensive when you bring them in via the draft. John's got another idea. Where are you going with running back for the Philadelphia Eagles for 2024? What about A.J. Dillon, who is an unrestricted free agent, has been a very effective number two back in Green Bay, um, maybe wants a bigger role. Um, a big guy, when I talk about physical 
I mentioned Pacheco, tremendous uh, um, yard, you know, yards after contact guy. Um, didn't have the best year after having three pretty good years. And again, as a number two guy, uh, Brad's got him at two years, four million per year, five and a half million guaranteed. If you can get that kind of contract with AJ Dillon, uh, that'd be it. That I'd be interested in that. Still, only that, that that he's coming off his first contract. He's he's only he's about to turn twenty six. Still young, doesn't have a lot of wear and tear because he was never the number one back because they had Aaron Jones. Um, intriguing, and I I think that's the kind of running back they need. I see people talking about Austin Eckler. One, I think Austin is done from a traffic standpoint. Uh, he's not the same player he once was. And two, I think everybody's obsessed with catching the football. They just don't throw the stinking right. balls to the back. So I want, I'm going the opposite. I want the chain mover. And this guy can move the chains. And I'd love to see him in an offense like this where he can get 200 carries and see what he can do with it. I'm a fan of A.J. Dillon. That's a good name. I like him, and you're right. He's a between-the-tackles kind of guy, and the Eagles really didn't have that on their roster this year. They, they, Boston Scott probably goes between the tackles better than anybody they had, and what's Boston? 5'6", 175. No, not the biggest guy in the world. Tough guy, and not afraid to go between the tackles, but he's not exactly going to move a linebacker backwards in a head-on collision. I, I like the Dill name. He had 176 carries this year. So 10 carries game is not bad. That's not like he was underused, but you're right. They, no, they, they use him. Yeah. His good tread still on that tire. Um, his, his numbers dropped off across the board this year. 3.4 yards per carry, the least of his four years. Two touchdowns, the least of his four years. So um, if... So let me get this straight. Spielberger had him at four million per year, average annual value yeah. Yeah. four, and had DeAndre Swift at six and change. Yeah. Well, remember DeAndre's coming off a thousand yard season. Um, you know his numbers are really good. You know other teams are going to use utilize him more in the passing game. He's a very good receiver, even though he might have not seen that this year all that much in Philadelphia. Um, he's a more well-rounded player. Um, Dylan can catch the ball, but he's not, um, and they've utilized him. But I think it's an opportunity. The Eagles are always looking. Now, if you remember Green Bay early in the season, they had a bunch of offensive line injuries. That was one of their issues. Uh, and as they settled down late, um, they got better, especially with the Aaron Jones was phenomenal in the playoffs. Uh, they got better and better in the running game. Um, yeah, I think that's an opportunity. I think that's exactly what the Eagles need in, in this particular offense. He's not going to be Christian McCaffrey catching the football. Nobody is, but they don't do it anyway. So why do we keep worrying about that? But let me ask you about that because you and I agree. And again, it sounds like I'm, I consider myself a big Jalen Hurts fan. But I continue to point out where I think Jalen had shortcomings. <clears throat> I don't think he was great at 
making that all-important split-second read at the line of scrimmage to be able to determine, it's kind of guesswork, uh, what the defense is going to do on a given play. What was it you said, Brady said the other day, we're all guessing probabilities. Yeah, uh, That's what it is. And, and I don't think Jalen was great at it this year. It doesn't mean he can't get better at it. He better get better at it. And I've said this for two years now. I just don't think Jalen likes throwing the ball. To a yeah, the running backs. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. The year before we said we kind of just dismissed it because he pull a ball down, take off, and make 12 yards with his legs. So why the hell do you got to throw a pass, put it at risk? You're only going to get six or seven yards anyway. Jalen gets twice that by running the football. Well, he didn't run it nearly as well this year. So that six or seven-yard gain, better than a sack, better than an incompletion, where he's trying to force the ball downfield into coverage. It kind of stood out more this year than it did the previous year. Uh, Kellen Moore has used running backs in his passing game, both at Dallas and at uh, Los Angeles, more than he did. Is, are they, is Kellen Moore just going to come in and go, I watched Birds 365, and Johnny Mac and Jody Mac said, yeah, Jalen's just not good at throwing the ball to a running back. Uh-oh, so we better scale back on the amount of uh, passing plays that a running back we have. Or you think he's going to come in and go, yeah, Jalen, you're going to get better at this because you're going to implement <clears throat> going to be part of I, I don't I don't think it's he's not good at it I think he doesn't value it because a lot of quarterbacks who utilize uh running backs in the passing game a lot of it is just dump offs you know as your last progression um and Jalen at that point would rather make a play himself and I don't necessarily disagree with his mindset now you can argue it from a health standpoint but from an effectiveness standpoint, I think it does much better when he's trying to make the play than it does when you just dump it off to the running back. So if you're the Eagles and you want to get the running back involved, and they didn't do it this year, and Swift, again, is a very good receiver, a very wasn't good receiver. Wasn't Detroit. Would, wouldn't have known it this year in Philadelphia, yeah. but he wasn't For, Detroit yeah. before he got here. Um, you have to do it in a in a, in a in a – it has to be part of the progression. It has to be, you know, we're looking for the running back on a wheel route. We're looking for the running back on a, on a choice route uh, uh, instead of, oh, we're just going to dump it off. So that's always been my assessment of Jalen. By the time he gets to the dump off, it's easier for him to get eight yards than to dump it off to the running back who's going to get five or six and, and it's going to be more effective. Um, so I don't have a problem with that. I just, I want people to recognize that. And that's why they don't, they're not a dump off team. Um, certain quarterbacks have to dump the football off. Uh, he's not one of them. Um, I don't think that's a bad thing. But then I start when I'm building my roster, I'm not as concerned. And by the way, you already have Kenny Gainwell, who's also a good receiver, although people don't know it because the Eagles don't dump the football off. So even if you have that dichotomy where you have the big 250-pound move the chains back and you have Kenny Gainwell to handle all that stuff, which he's going to handle anyway, I think it's a nice fit. I think it fits better than what they had this year um, to have that, that, that complementary nature because this year was Swift, and people would say, well, Swift is a better receiver than Gainwell. Maybe it is, but they use Gainwell – in all the high leverage situations that we talked about all, all season, two minute 
and you know, uh, hurry up, things like that, and 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 red zone, which was questionable at times. Um, and you had two similar skill sets, whereas obviously DeAndre much more explosive, but two similar skill sets. Here you have a nice complementary skill set if you go with Dylan and Kenny Gainwell. Well, let me ask you this, and I know that it's talk about hypotheticals, basically impossible. Um, let's say the salaries uh, were the same for both players, and they're not, but they were, or they probably won't be. Uh, ask Brad Spielberger, and we'll do that in five minutes. He thinks that uh, DeAndre Swift's going to be upwards of a $6 million player this upcoming season. I think that's overly optimistic. I think the NFL just in general has gotten so down on running backs that they're all going to – we had that whole thing last year with Barkley and with Jacobs and with franchise – I don't think anybody's getting franchise tagged this year. I, I, I just don't think it's going to happen. I think we're going to go backwards even more so that running backs are going to be devalued, but that's just me. Um, assuming salary's the same, which combo would you prefer for the Eagles next year uh, if they reached out and got a deal done for Dylan? Dylan and Gainwell or Dylan and Swift? Well, I don't think you can – get Dylan and Swift. I mean, Dylan and Swift would be better, but then you got to pay, let's say Brad's too high on Swift. Then you got to pay, say it's 5 million. Then you got to pay 5 million for Swift and 4 million for Dylan. There's no way, doesn't sound like a lot, but there's no way they're putting that kind of money in the running back. What's Gainwell getting paid this year? Kenny's on his rookie deal. I'll look it up real quick. So he's still on his rookie deal. So he's very cost effective. Kenny's going to be here. So, I mean, he's set to make uh, $1.138 million All right. Year. So, yes, I'm readily admitting that this is a fanciful question. It couldn't possibly happen. But just from a skill set uh, situation, if Gainwell and Swift were making the same money, who would you rather have? Oh, Swift. Okay. Yeah. He's Swift's a better player, but that's yeah, he's gonna make much more money. And Kenny's under contract, cost effective, and yeah. So that to me is not that'd be a really uh, to, nice to me is if would you, you rather, told me the Eagles and the, we both doubt this very highly, uh could finagle it and justify it in their own minds having Swift and Dylan. Well, here to me, up. here's the better question that I'll ask you, Jody. If, if 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 AJ Dillon and DeAndre Swift cost the exact same, which one would you rather have as the lead back for the Philadelphia Eagles? Swift. See, I'd I, rather have Dillon for the Eagles. Um for the reasons I talked about. Um boy, I think I'd love to see them have a player like that. Um, just that can really take advantage. And I'm not, you know, again, Swift is more explosive. So, you know, Swift's going to have the 50-yard run and people are going to be excited about it. But, man, if you can just keep pounding and keep pounding and keep pounding with that big body, boy, I think it would make this offense really, really yeah, effective. I, th- I think you need to have the offset. I think part of what made Dylan effective in Green Bay was they had Aaron Jones. And he was the kind of back who was capable of breaking a big one. You had to respect that. Kenny Gainwell's not that. So uh, my my no. value is from Kenny no. Gainwell. So well, if I'd you're not even Jones. getting Dylan's uh, type numbers out of Dylan, 
I think Dylan would. Be and by the way, him. while I say all this, Green Bay knows how valuable Dylan is. They'll probably lock him up before he ever ever hits the uh, open market. Uh, so it'll probably be a moot discussion. But yeah, that's the kind of player I always talk about. Pacheco. That's the kind of player I'd like to see at running back for the Eagles. Just a, a big physical guy. Uh, just to see what he could do. Because remember, Jalen Hurts is a part of this, big part of this. And he opens up those small spaces. Like, you're going to be better in Jalen Hurts. Jordan Love started getting it, and he's very effective as well. So it started, and you saw how good Aaron Jones was in the playoffs. Um, so they're going to get that kind of same bump from the plus one in the running game that the Eagles do. But boy, I'd I'd like to see somebody like I'd like to see the Eagles get that type of back with Jalen Hurts because I think it could be I think it could be really, really effective. I like Dylan and I wouldn't mind seeing the Eagles get Dylan, but I like Dylan better as the one A back. If you've got Dylan and Kenny Gamewell, for me, Dylan's the one. Kenny Gamewell's the one A. I would rather see someone else. And Dylan be the one A back, and then you'd have a uh, better balance. Just my read. All right, we'll get the read of a guy who knows the league both inside and out, player valuation wise, PFF uh, money wise, overthecap.com. Our buddy Brad Spielberg scheduled to join us next here on Birds 365. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes go to get your parlay on go to get your party on go for the scene go for the screens go for the gallery go for the win go to ocean visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit at pond lee hockey we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients and we're confident we can do the same for you with over 250 years of combined courtroom experience We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. 
The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you are having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. For the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. We got the Mac and Mac guys, McMullen and McDonald. Here we are on Birds 365, and we are lucky enough to have Brad Spielberger from uh, Pro Football Focus and OverTheCap.com here with us. He was supposed to be with us yesterday. No voice whatsoever, so he couldn't join us. So no, it had I to can't be, wait to hear the voice. Had to be one wait. of three things. No, before he says anything, I got to put this out there for him to give us the truth on. Brad Spielberger had no voice yesterday because 22 hours at a blackjack table in Vegas will do that to you. Uh, screaming continuously at Taylor Swift, probably a bad idea, <laughs> or yeah, some idiot on the plane coming back from the Super Bowl sneezed on me and I was screwed. Which of the three is the reason you couldn't be with us yesterday? I think it's both A and C. Uh, so <laughs> voice is not 100%. Um, I did play uh, 22 hours a stretch, but I definitely hit the blackjack tables um, a good bit. And then, yeah, I think I just, you know, I don't know it's also Vegas. Everyone's in that big you know, convention center area for, yeah. for Radio Row. I don't know. But it wasn't It wasn't from partying too hard. I, I wish it was. That's the thing. I, You know, uh, I wouldn't be ashamed to admit if I was, you know, out till 4 a.m. in Vegas. That's not really what it was. But anyway, we're back. Thanks for the patience. Yeah. I appreciate you guys. And uh, my voice is almost Yeah, it. it looks – it fine. sounds good. Sounds fine right now. And and Jason Kelsey, I see a cop in there, though. Jason Kelsey, I mean, he partied. He's fine, Brad. Come on. You got to suck it up. I need to get a luchador mask. Maybe yeah, that's out, exactly. out the cold and, and yeah. flu Save season, the boy. You know? Yes. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Kelsey was great with the luchador mask because he he just picked it up off the floor. And Travis is like, well, you washed it, right? You did something. He's like, no, I thought I'd get pink eye. So yeah, he yeah. probably is impervious to germ. Like that's the thing too. His immune system is probably a steel, you know, a fortress like Fort Knox because the guy yeah. is just, you know, he's an animal. But anyway, <laughs> no, I'm not Jason never, Kelsey. Never gets hurt. Exactly right. All right, uh, Brad, we want to have you on just because we love having you on the show and you're good every time you came on. But then the importance of a Brad Spielberg appearance grew because of this whole Hassan Reddick thing. And the Eagles eh, released it on Super Bowl Sunday. It's like a Friday news dump. Do it on Sunday morning in the Super Bowl. Maybe nobody will notice. Yeah, you kind of notice when one of the uh, best defensive pass rushers in the league is given permission to seek a trade. He comes out after the fact and says, well, you know, I didn't ask for a trade. This was the Eagles' idea, not my idea. However we got there, we got there. Cap ramifications. The Eagles are looking at his number. What – you guys are great, you, you specifically, on projecting guys who hit free agency and what they'll probably get paid on the open market. You don't do it for a guy like uh, Son Reddick because he's under contract, and you can't just start making stuff up when he's still under contract. But if you had to do it, what kind of number are we looking at here? If he were a free agent this year, what kind of a contract would he be looking at on the open market, in your opinion? Yeah, we do dive into early extensions. Once I'm done with the uh, the mania that is free agency, I'll, I'll dive into some, you know, that's more so usually like the Brandon Ayuk fifth-year option type players. But anyway, uh, we, we do veterans like a Redick as well. 
Yeah, I mean, look, it's a third contract for a guy that is obviously you know double-digit sacks four years in a row. I think very importantly has played 850 snaps plus four years in a row. So super durable, super reliable, and obviously has been efficient and effective and productive. It's the third contract, though, for a guy that will be 30 next year. So it's about fourth contract, million, right? I think. Go ahead. Uh, sorry to interrupt. Fourth contract. Because he went from Arizona one year with Carolina, yeah, yeah, two yeah. years with Philadelphia. His next one will be his fourth, if that makes any difference whatsoever. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean, it's a good, it's a good point. It's true. Uh, you know, more just to say, it's not the first payday. Like teams are yeah, way yeah, more yeah, comfortable yeah. giving a guy his first first veteran deal than they are saying, "All right, this guy's made a bunch of money already, and he's obviously age is is, is correlated to this." But you hear teams say, "Like we don't love giving the third contract. It's just kind of a you know kind of a thing." So that being said, though, and I do think. There, of course, have to be like a team fit. There are some teams that are probably going to say, look, well, I respect Philly and the way they made it work, but we just can't make a, you know, six foot two, 235 pound guy. Like, that's just not what we're looking for at edge rusher. But um, that being said, I mean, you saw Trey Hendrickson, you know, last offseason get that one year raise, essentially, uh, one year extension for $21 million in this upcoming season. I think he's saying, yeah, with the same treatment. Like, I want to I outperform the contract I'm currently playing on. Hendricks's deal was almost the same thing. It was four years 60 instead of three years 45. He clearly outplayed it. He's been remarkably durable. He's been productive. Um, you know, so, yeah, in that range, like, I, if I had to project it, I would say, you know, someone gives them, you know, three years 60 type situation. Uh, you know, and obviously the last year might be a little bit inflated. But nevertheless, <laughs> he, he's earned, earned a raise. I think he yeah. understands that, and I think the Eagles understand that as well, which is why they, they and they don't want to give it necessarily, and that's why they put out, you know, we're, we've granted him permission to seek a trade. Obviously, he's saying it didn't happen. My read of that is they're just getting out ahead of, we're not going to extend him to a number he likes. He probably doesn't want to play with that in extension, so let's just get this whole thing jump-started, and let's get this trade market going. Well, now here's – and I, I want to – dig in the weeds with you a little bit because I, I saw you did the story about the projected potential trades, Justin Fields, you put Hassan in there getting a second round pick um, from Houston as a potential destination. But here's my, here, here's my question, Brad, you know, the pre June first versus post June first is big here because the Eagles take a significant dead money hit, get real, little salary cap relief if they do it pre-June 1st. And that's what you want because you want the draft pick immediately. Whereas post-June 1st, and you can't designate that for a trade, you can do it for a cut. They they get, it comes down to about $6 million in dead money, about $16 million in cap relief. That would make more sense, but then you're pushing the pick back a year and it makes it less valuable. Is there any way you can tweak that to make a trade more worthwhile earlier for the potential destination. No. So, you know, because the salary travels, right? So you're already yeah. getting it, you know, the maximum relief in, in so far as all the prorated money, it's already been prorated. You can't mess with that. You can't change it. You can't tweak it. The Eagles have done some things recently with options where you can, but in this contract, you cannot, um, you know, that's a whole different conversation of the, the inside the, the mind of Bryce Johnston and why they're structuring some of the contracts the way they are. But uh, it does not apply here to, to, uh, to Hassan Reddick, where, you know, the money is already been prorated. It is, it is a sunk cost. It, it is on the cap, um, you know. So, but yeah, the salary, you are clearing a big salary. I know you said it's not a ton of relief, only about $1.2 That is, of course, true. But 
for Philly, I mean, that's all it takes, right? I mean, they, they, they structure their deals for a reason where they want to maximize short-term, you know, short-area cap space, and they're and they they they're okay with kind of a, the, the inflation of a salary cap dollar and pushing the hit down the line. I don't think they wait. If they get a good offer, I think they'll just go ahead and do it. Um, you know, but I see what you're saying, of course. You obviously get way more relief if you wait until after June 1st. Will it be as finite as where in the second round the draft pick comes up? Because we've had several trades, similar players, one between the commanders and the Bears this past year, and they got the contract extension done, and it was a second-round pick. Uh, people really like to parse this down to its lowest level. I, I take a top half of the second round pick, but a second half of the second round pick, I'd need a sweetener on the back end, the day three pick. Is it that easy? Is it that simple that you can, I need pick number 56 in the draft? If there's anything after 56, I'm not trading it's on Reddick. It, it, can you actually make maneuvers like that, or it's uh, we're we're trying to get too specific on it? You certainly can try, but so so I, I picked that late for example, uh, or for a reason. Excuse me, like I, I did that for a reason. So when I do these trade articles, this is not a. I'm not perfect. I'm not always right, but and b. This isn't trying to be shady, but it kind of is. Like for some reason, <laughs> people in the content space just throw. They don't just like look at prior trades or do the research. They just throw a bunch of numbers out and say, "Hey, this guy's worth like a first, a third, and a fifth. And I'm like, based on what? This is based on, you mentioned Montez Sweat, Khalil yep. Mack trade of the Chargers, not the Bears trade, the Chargers trade, the Chandler Jones trade for, you know, a long time ago from New England to Arizona, um, and now I'm blanking on a fourth trade where it was a, a veteran edge rusher age 28 through 30 uh, who had been a certain level of productivity. Uh, and, you know, Obviously, like I said, Reddick's been very, very good. Um, and, and then I still, in my mind, said, look, you look talk about Khalil Mack, Chandler Jones, and you know Montez Sweat. Those are guys that I think can play in any scheme, and, and there isn't really that concern of like you know the players' bill. But nevertheless, it was Houston for a reason. I don't think an early second. I think would be a slam dunk win. Like I would be like, this is Philly getting a really, really, really good value. Um, otherwise, I'm saying if you're thinking like a bad team, I would think it's more like, all right, we'll give you an early third, and then the sweetener comes in. So okay, we're not going to just do a third. If you're going to give us pick seventy, we also then need something else tacked on a four, a future fourth, or whatever. Um, but yeah, that was, it, it was Houston, you know, not, that wasn't a random team in the second. I think it's going to take a, a team that's picking in the bottom five picks or bottom 10 picks, um, to get a second round pick. Do you think Hassan Reddick missed his chance, uh, when he didn't hold in last season after having going to the Super Bowl, 19 and a half sack season, clearly outperformed his contract. You mentioned Trey Hendrickson. I always bring up Daniil Hunter. He kind of held in in Minnesota and got that little tiny adjustment up. Um, you got to take advantage of your leverage when it's there. And he was fourth in defensive player of the year voting. He showed up to training camp last year, Brad. He had a groin injury. We're all looking, is this a, is this a hold in? But then he showed up, and to his credit, he was a professional. But, man, you got to take advantage of your leverage. I don't think he has that leverage this time. Yeah, he definitely was better last year than this year. Um, you know, and obviously wrote in the article, just not even just the, you know, the traditional stats, but the underlying metrics did like him more last year as well. Um, you know, better pass rush win rate, pressure rate, all those things. I think even just against the run, too, like more defensive stops. So, I mean, to a degree, um, yes, you know, I see what you're saying. I do think Philly – I don't know. I wonder how that would have gone. You know, they say we agree with you. You probably have outplayed your number, but we brought you in. You know, you're from here. You went to Temple. You want to be in Philadelphia. 
you sign a one-year flyer in Carolina. We brought you in for a bigger, a bigger contract. And then, you know, one year into it, you're immediately trying to re-up when we're trying to chase a ring and we're going to spend around you guys. And I think that is a big part of the buy-in in Philadelphia is like players know that and they appreciate that. Like, yeah, you know, if I'm on, you know, the commanders, yeah, I'm going to ask for more money because why not? Why wouldn't I? I'm wasting my time yeah. and yeah. wasting my professional career. If you're in Philly, they say, look, yeah, we're not going to give you a little pay bump. But we're going to spend the money that we you would go to you to go sign a Julio, you know, maybe not a great example, but like you know, just go bring in as many guys as possible and try and try and chase this thing, and they actually can back that up. So it's a fair point. I, you know, he's not, like you said, he has less leverage now than he did then. I still think plenty of teams around the NFL would love to pay Hassan Reddick a, a bigger contract than the one he's currently on. Brad, uh, last segment before we punch up. John gave me the numbers that you were projecting. For DeAndre Swift, three and eighteen, so about six million per year, six and change. Yeah, I didn't want to hear that because I'd like to see DeAndre Swift come back to the Eagles, and I don't think there's any way in hell that the Eagles are play, paying a running back six million per. Um, who will? Who do you think's the team out there that DeAndre Swift could be a fit for? I personally think they're going to devalue running backs even more this year than they did last year when we had the whole Barkley and and, then the franchise tags and everything else. Um, Who is going to go to that level for DeAndre Swift that's going to mean he's out the door in Philadelphia? Yeah. So, you know, that basically is just the, the, you know, Miles Sanders deal, but I didn't really inflate it. And it is technically less, you know, than than the four years, 24, because he wasn't quite as good. Uh, you know, as Sanders was, at least he was getting in the end zone and things of that nature. I agree. I mean, Philadelphia, that's what they do. They're going to find the next DeAndre Swift, um, you know, go after a J.K. Dobbins or something, uh, a guy coming off an injury like a Rashad Penny, and just see if they can, they can you know, get magic out of that player because the run scheme is so good and the blocking is so good. So I think Baltimore is interesting. Um, you know, I just mentioned J.K. Dobbins. Maybe could go back there, but just has never stayed healthy. Uh, I think they want a fresh start. You know, Gus Edwards is a pending free agent, doesn't really have a lot of explosiveness. And then their young upshot rookie this year, Keaton Mitchell, who was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, you know, had that really bad knee injury. Injuries. If folks remember, like week 17, maybe week 18. So that one makes a lot of sense. You can catch the ball, Swift can, and, and is a good, you know, a good early down runner. I think this year we got more patient. Didn't like try to bounce every run outside or or not wait wait for his blocks to develop, which has kind of always been an issue. I think he got better this year in that regard, and so he'd be a fit in Baltimore. And then maybe in the in the division, the Giants. If the Giants don't keep Saquon Barkley, um, you know, you again you get a three down back, a guy that can do a lot, that is a good uh, you know pass catcher in addition to everything else. Um, yeah, so so teams like that. But like you said, I, I don't disagree. I mean, the only reason why I think some of these running backs might do okay is because the draft class at running back is very, very poor. No one likes it. Ask any draft analyst. They say it's one of the worst running back classes in a while. So maybe because of that, a couple of these guys get paid just because, you know, demand exceeds supply in this offseason. One one thing I I love about what you do, Brad, is you you bring some common sense into the conversation because every time we get to this point, we're about four weeks away from the new league year. I've already seen Eagles fans start talking, well, maybe we can get Brian Burns. Uh, you know, maybe we can get Josh Allen. And and Brad, you know, correctly in his projection says, franchise. If they can't get something done, they ain't getting to the open market is the point. And there's a bunch of players that look like they're going to be pending free agents, but they're not going to be pending free agents. Um, so I love that you you explain that. But it is, you know, a pretty good 
edge rushing class that's probably going to get to the market. Um, and Hunter, uh, Daniel Hunter, I just talked about, is probably the first one. He's probably going to leave Minnesota, but he's going to get big money. And then you get down to that second tier. Um, if you're looking for somebody with upside as an edge rusher, because you can't work it out with Hassan Reddick, and you want to go a little bit cheaper to build because the Eagles got a lot of issues on defense. They got to build up their entire defense. Is there anybody you like from that projection as a cost-effective guy still has some upside? It would still be expensive, but I mean, Bryce Huff is basically this year's like version of the Hassan Reddick signing a couple of years ago. Obviously, extremely different profile, undrafted free agent, but he is your somewhat undersized elite pass rusher that has some questions against the run. Um, but you know, the upside potential is enormous. Uh, he's, I mean, he's been our highest pass rush win rate guy, uh, last year and this past season, he was like still top five. So, um, you know, it's cause he plays a lot of advantageous situations. 480 snaps this year was a career high for him. They didn't, they didn't really play him the jets on early downs. Um, but the upside there is just a pure pass rusher is very, very high. I'll throw one, one other guy that I like a lot that I think goes back to Houston, but we'll see uh, is Jonathan Greenard who, you know, dealt with injuries early in his career, but we always liked him. Uh, the under, underlying metrics always were a fan, particularly a stout run defender, really, really, really good against the run, and then a good pass rusher, but a guy that couldn't be a number one, you knew that, and then once you drop into Will Anderson, add that interior, he goes out and has, I think, 14 and a half sacks because he's a good straight-line athlete, he's a smart football player, he's gap sound, assignment sound, and if there's other talent around him, he's going to make plays. And that sounds like a guy that would do well in Philadelphia with all the talent they have there. So I just think he's a guy, too, where I don't want to say we haven't seen, like we only, we're only scratching the surface because he did have a ton of sacks this year, but just a really good all-around football player. Finally stayed healthy, played 700 snaps this year, um, and, he, and he's, he's got good burst. He's just maybe not the bendiest player, but um, but I think would really, really fit in kind of this platoon approach, you know, Philadelphia Eagles defense. Again, not cheap. I have him at three years, 47.25 million total. Um, but yeah, you're, you're not you're not breaking the bank like you would where, you know, Dill Hunter, I think, is above 20 million, uh, you know, for example. All right. If you subscribe to this theory, which I do, um, that the NFL is a copycat league, like baseball, basketball, and hockey, they're all copycat leagues. Uh, but the NFL, maybe slightly more than the others. Um, we just had a great Super Bowl going overtime, San Francisco and Kansas City. Either of those two teams, certainly the Chiefs more so because they ended up winning the game. Um, any aspect of their way of doing things, their positional usage that will ring throughout the rest of the National Football League? Because once again, the Kansas City Chiefs are the champions of football. Will there be a uh, residual effect around the league that teams look at what the Chiefs have done and go, yeah, we need we need us some of that. We got to get our hands on some of that. I know the easiest is, oh, we could use Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, not available. Uh, sorry about that. But anything else about the Chiefs that you think will uh, play throughout the league this year and teams will look to try and go copycat on them? Yeah, it's not necessarily like a new idea, but I think they really have taken it to an extreme level and done a very good job is – you know, we talk a lot about like using your early picks on premium positions and then trying to address the, uh, you know, off ball linebacker safety, interior offensive line, what, what have you later on. What the Chiefs have done is just gone like insane volume. Like they're drafting, you know, over the last five years, they probably drafted 10 corners from round four to round six, maybe more than that. They probably drafted a half dozen off ball linebackers from round two to round four. And that's like, 
So and to your offensive line, you had Creed Humphrey, you had Trey Smith, you had all, you know Nick Allegretti steps up in in the Super Bowl because Joe Tooney gets hurt and plays really well. So they've just gone this like and Leo Chanel linebacker was incredible in, in that game for them. Um, a recent, I want to say third round pick, maybe in a second round pick, but um, like that's their big thing is the platoon approach to the non premium positions and just going qu- not quantity over quality. It's a wrong way to put it. Because they're they're already taking you know you don't take those guys you don't take off ball linebackers and centers in the first round that often anyway but it's just like it it, it enables them to like we're in love with Legarius Sneed and we should be he's incredible Traverius Ward was really really good in Kansas City and they let him go and he plays for the Niners now and Legarius Sneed just steps up and then if Sneed leaves which We'll see. I don't necessarily expect it, but they have all these young players at corner and safety, like Chamari Connor and, and Josh Williams. And like they just continue to allow themselves to kind of churn and, and still be good. And again, at a certain point, you got to keep really good players, but it's because they just have so many dart throws and they're not afraid to. They'll take a corner in a, in a draft class, they'll take four, fourth, fifth, sixth round, the same position, three picks in a row. And so, well, one of these guys is going gonna, is gonna to be a contributor and going to play. Um, and, and it's worked at safety, off ball linebacker, corner, even like rotational defensive line. They've done it really well. Uh, I mentioned the interior of the offensive line. They just, you know, they, they just they understand the importance of depth and rotational pieces and kind of a way to go about it of let's not try to shoot the moon and, and try to land some diamond in the rough prospect later on. Let's take good football players that will have a role. They'll play 400 snaps in a season, but we can rely on them to do a certain thing. Um, and it's, it's gone great for them. Um, I, I always love to talk NFC North with you a little bit, Brad, because you're a, a Chicago uh, Bears guy. You work for the Vikings, so you have a good uh, kind of feel uh, for that division, number one. And it's always interesting because you have the three young general managers to me. Uh, Brad Holmes was you know, taking victory laps, done a tremendous job in Detroit. Uh, Ryan Poles has a, uh, a chance to really turn around Chicago now. Quesi uh, Odoka Madsen not doing a good job, in my uh, estimation, in Minnesota. So, hey, I want to talk about the general managers, your thoughts on those three specifically, the quarterbacks, because the Bears have a decision to make with Justin Fields. What you know, they're going to trade him. What do you think they're going to get for him? And how much is Kirk Cousins getting paid? Um, and Jordan Love, you know, where where is he? We just looked at the 33rd team. They did their, for what it's worth, meaningless, quarterback offseason power rankings. They already got Jordan Love at number 10. Where are you in the upside of Jordan Love? So GMs and quarterbacks. Yeah, so you know, it's I, I appreciate leaving the Packers out because you know they're phenomenal and Brian Gutekunst. Well, I put phenomenal. Jordan in there. Yeah, oh, but, yeah. Jordan, I guess Jordan's in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, no, no. I mean, just because Gutekunst, you know, yes. is on an absolute heater right now. The last couple of years, but um, yeah. I mean, the the Vikings look like you make an unorthodox hire, and I'm totally cool with it. And you can surround the guy with smart people, but then Ryan Grigson is basically running their draft board. And Ryan Grigson, you know, had one of the worst runs of all time with the Colts, effectively <laughs> ruined Andrew Luck's yeah. career. And like he's a big piece of their draft, and shocker, they've drafted very poorly. So, um, you know, it's unfortunate. I, I still believe in like in Quasi and what they could do, but it's not looking too great so far. Um, and, and so, anyway, uh, the process I think could improve. Um, I, I just don't understand why you say we're going to go a different direction, we're going to try a different thing, and then Ryan Grigson is kind of your guy. Uh, so, anyway, that's by the that's, way, I that's, love Ryan. I saw Ryan here 
when uh, he's he's a great guy, but yeah, he he's got to be. He's got, I'm sure he's the yeah. best hang in, in the industry. <laughs> if I had to guess, I mean, he's got to be. No one want to get a beer with more big than guy too. Reason. Big I'm, guy, you know. big big Mike Rabel like guy who's going to intimidate. Maybe intimidates people in the room. Okay, yeah. too much. Yeah, I actually yeah. asked Diana Rossini about that tweet uh, in Vegas. We were laughing, yeah. but anyway, uh, funniest tweet I've ever seen. And I guess I can't. Get, that's maybe that's why I can't get a job. Yeah, you're tall uh, too. So yeah, but no. Anyway. Uh, the line, Brett Holmes is exceptional. I mean, look, we're always going to nitpick. Like, I would probably wouldn't have taken, you know, a running back in 12th overall. Obviously, Gibbs was fantastic. Um, had a phenomenal year. But when you get Brian Branch, Sam Laporta in the second round on top of the, you know, Gibbs and Campbell, which weren't the greatest picks. But, you know, his process now, I mean, Panay Sewell and Amon Ross St. Brown and, I mean, just franchise cornerstone pieces. They're adding and adding and adding. Obviously, Aiden Hutchinson, he's he's one of the best GMs in the league. Um and I think they really also just understand, uh, like, they've been patient. They haven't really splurged at all. I think maybe now they kind of, you know, you pay some players internally and you go out and make some aggressive moves. Um, but he, he's first rate, clearly has a phenomenal eye for talent. And that goes back to the Rams. You used to give them a ton of credit for kind of late-round draft process. And that was their bread and butter for a while. Uh, so Brett Holmes, I think, is one of the better scouts in the entire NFL ecosystem. Um, and then, look, I, I do believe in Ryan Poles. I, I really, really do. I think – on the, on the whole, you've seen a lot of good moves. I think the, his draft classes, you know, have started to show a lot of promise. Uh, these young DBs that are all – we're all playing really, really good football to end this past season. Uh, Javon Dexter was taking strides. Darnell Wright, I think, is going to be a franchise cornerstone tackle for a very long time. Obviously, the DJ Moore trade is great. Yeah, there's been some bad moves. You know, the Chase Claypool trade, he'd love to have that one back, I'm sure. But I think all – yeah, I, I think both of those guys are really, really talented – um, and have a you know massive opportunity in front of them, quarterback wise. I think Jordan Love is probably it's deserving that he's on a fringe top ten quarterback. I, I really really do. Um, over the second half of the season, he may be the best quarterback in the NFL. Uh, he he really had a case from week I don't know week nine week ten on um, as one of the best quarterbacks in the entire National Football League. We saw his accuracy on intermediate and deep passing go way up. We saw inside and outside of structure when pressured and when not pressured, all the different facets and components where, you know, some of that was bad early on. He settled in, got better as the year went on. And you got to remember, every single target he threw to, every single one was yeah. either a rookie or a second-year yeah. player. Uh, you know, so it's only going to get better from there. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I think the sky is the limit. I think he could be, you know, they're going to be a, a sexy, like, Super Bowl pick next year and all that. And I I get it because I think they could be, you know, they could make a run like that. All right. Last one for me and combining two things we've already discussed, but comparing them to each other. Who gets more in return for a trade? The Bears for Justin Field or the Eagles for Hassan Reddick? It's a good question. I think it'll be extremely similar. So it's a great, it's a great, uh, like a great bet, a great line to set. Yeah. I guess I can answer that one. Fields. Fields, I think, gets a second-round pick, but I do think you'll see some change thrown in as well. And maybe, you know, like if an Atlanta steps up, you're talking, what, pick 40 in that scenario. Uh, Pittsburgh, it sounds like they're interested, that, you know, per a couple reports. I've heard that some people in the front office, you know, do like him as well for what that's worth. So I think he'll get a second-round pick and then, you know, like a throw in a fifth or a fourth or what have you. Reddick, like I said, I think it's a late, a late two. Um, so I guess I'll lean Fields. But I'll tell you this, too. I look around the league and more and more quarterback potential openings, I kind of cross off the list. Like I would have told you Raiders made sense. Now with Luke Getz, he's the offense coordinator. You yeah, cross that yeah, one off. Yeah. Um, that. You know, there's a lot of that. So 
it's interesting. There's a lot of supply. You got Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, you know, Baker Mayfield, yada, yada, a great draft class. The list for fields is not as long as I think, you know, you, you would want to drive that price up. Uh, at PFF underscore Brad, last one for me, because I'm a Kirk Cousins guy. I have been. I think he's underrated. I think people give him too much, way too much crap. But he's 36 years old, coming off a torn Achilles. Nobody's giving him 40 million a year, are they? Are they that desperate? Is there a team that desperate? It's crazy because it seems like it could be that way. I, I have him right now at two years sixty. I am going to raise that to about two years seventy. I'm not going to look. I'm, I'm okay being wrong if I just don't fundamentally believe and agree with the, the, the thought process. So I could see it. I could. I you just say, hey, look, point to Daniel Jones and just make that argument, and I get it. But like you said, thirty six coming off a torn Achilles, and he played on. You know, deal and yes, the quarterback market grows, but he played for less than that. You know, the last three contracts he signed now it was like thirty-two mil a year, thirty-three, and then thirty-one year, thirty-five mil this past season. So I like him too. He's a good quarterback. I think that is one where you would need uh, same teams: Atlanta, Pittsburgh, maybe Las Vegas, like Denver. That that thing that, for me, the reason why I'm more bullish on that number getting high is you look at the list of teams that could, I mean, Minnesota obviously as well. They're not picking super high. They probably want to get a quarterback solution. There's a lot of teams that fall into that bucket. All right, since you went with Denver, because that's so funny, things go around a circle, because I mentioned to John yesterday, the day before, Russell Wilson to the Vikings. Eh, not impossible. He goes, no way. They'll bring Cousins back before yeah. they'll bring in Russell yeah. Wilson. Yeah, but Russell Wilson you get for pennies on a dollar because Denver's going to have to cut him and they're going to have to pay his salary. So there, there's a reason why you might take Russell Wilson over uh, uh, Kirk Cousins in Minnesota. Where's Russell Wilson going to end up, period? That is the big thing, is what you just touched on. Is if is he willing to take a pretty small deal because he'll just have offsets from Denver and no one's going to beat those offsets. That is the huge variable here. I think it's a pride thing that he would have to accept. And based on what we've heard about Russell Wilson, that may be a challenge. But if he does that, then I think his, law, his list of suitors is going to be fairly long. Um, if you can say, look, I know he's been, you know, hasn't been the same guy, but one year, $10 million for Russell Wilson. I think Minnesota, if they move on from Kirk, becomes interesting, even as a bridge to you know another player. I think they probably are trying to trade up from 11, uh, but they become interesting, no question about it. I think uh, it's an interesting thought. I, I mean, if, if he does that, it, it you know, it expands the list quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of landing yeah. spots for Russell. Landing spots. I think a one-year flyer on Russell Wilson. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know how far along you are in the draft process, Brad, but I'm a Jaden Daniels guy. Uh, are you a? Have you decided if you're a Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels guy? Yeah, I'm a Caleb Williams guy. Uh, I like them all. I, I like all three. I, if if they go one, two, three, I would be like, yeah, that's probably smart. They're all I think have upside to be extremely really good uh, quarterbacks in this league. I think Caleb just has, you know, some innate abilities and, and spatial awareness and just things he does and sees that are just out of this world. But I do love Jaden. Um, you know, he's an incredible athlete, good deep ball thrower this past year. You know, if I had to rank him, it'd be Caleb May Daniels, but it's no slight on any of those guys. Like, I, I really think all three got all three guys are worthy of, you know, top five picks. We always love it when you come on with us. Glad to hear you got your voice, but you sounded perfect, by the way. Yeah. Yeah, whatever other interviews you got to do today will be no problems. You sounded <laughs> great here with us, mostly because you know what the hell you're talking about, but your voice was fine, my friend. Thank Appreciate you very it. much. 
for jumping Thanks, in. Thanks, Brad. Appreciate we it. We will guys. be getting you back on uh, in about a month or so, certainly before the draft and the like. So thanks much for jumping in with us today. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, uh, writes for them, does great stuff for them, and also a uh, contributor for OverTheCap.com. All right, McDonald McMullen coming back. Only got a couple of minutes left to put a bow on the show. Go to get your game on. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the stakes and the stakes. Go to get your parlay on. Go to get your party on. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. Visit theoceanac.com to plan your visit. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Hi everybody, my name is Jason Lombardi. I'm an inspector at DryTech. At DryTech we offer three major services. The first one being basement waterproofing. The second service we offer is foundation and structural repairs. And then the third service that we offer is mold remediation. If you feel you're having a waterproofing issue, give DryTech a call or check us out online. Stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Google TV, or Apple TV. Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. And the big story on Action News. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. E-A-G-L-E-S. Eagles. All right, hope you enjoyed today's show. We thank both Jeff Knox and Brad Spielberger for hopping on with us, doing a great job. Thank them both. Um, Johnny Mac, uh, we didn't mention it at the top of the show. I haven't brought it up uh, during the show. Uh, our thoughts, condolences uh, for the people of Kansas City that uh, lost one life yesterday immediately after the celebration of the Chiefs championship parade. Um, a lot of people injured and certainly uh petrified because of the shooting that took place at the end of the celebration. Uh, tremendously unfortunate. 
we don't know if it had anything to do with football or the football team or anything else. They've got a couple people in custody. I don't know there's been any official arrest yet, but um, I think it's more a statement about our country and gun violence than it is about football or the Kansas Chiefs and the like. It's just uh, senseless what happened yesterday at the end of that parade. So our thoughts for uh, those who were affected by it uh, yesterday. It will forever be tied to the Kansas City Super Bowl because yeah. it happened at the celebration of their championship. Yeah, I would need two a- hours to talk about that. It is uh, disgusting at, at times what what has happened to this country. But uh, yeah, certainly, um, you know, innocent people there to celebrate. You know, there's a lot of people in this country that got to take a look in their mirror and you know have some empathy for others in human life. It's absurd to the point and now you're going to affect you know no one's going to have a championship parade it's supposed to be having fun it's just awful awful right. but i would need three hours and probably get fired for the things i would say uh, you you potentially you and i both so that's why i saved it to the end of the show and uh again condolences to the family of the dj from kansas City. sure enough uh, a radio guy and not a DJ, but a radio person was the one who had to pay for it with her life. That's just hideously wrong. And uh, again, our condolences. Uh, good show today, brother. I say we finish off the week tomorrow. You got a football Friday in you? Football Friday, off-season football Friday. We're finally into some pre-agency talk, so that should make some people excited. Yeah. yeah. But don't worry about Brian Burns. That's my advice. And Brad Spielberg, in case you didn't believe McMullen, Brad confirmed, yeah, he's going to get a franchise tag. He's not coming in here to replace uh, Hassan Reddick if they have to trade him. But, uh, or we will- Josh Allen. Or Josh Allen. The other Josh Allen. The other Josh Allen. Uh, we will uh, talk more about that and all things football right here tomorrow. 22 hours, 2 and 2. We'll be back on Birds 365. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.